Hi, I'm Eric Dewey from the Socially Awkward Studios, Science and Beer, and Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. And you're listening to another proud presentation of the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Check out more shows at foureyedradio.com. Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. That's very true. Okay, where in the world... Is Carmen San Diego? I knew you were going to say that. God <laughs> uh, I don't have the show notes. I have 67, which is our green with evil Rita BS, but where is... B- BS? <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Um, I shared it with you earlier this week, I think. I'm sure you did. I hope I didn't delete it like an idiot. I'm going to go check the trash. Yep. Search <laughs> Eric. There. I can always give you the link. Hey, look at that. There they are. <laughs> I don't know how that Cla- Classic Zach. Uh, show notes. <laughs> I don't need that AP, you have failed this city. Oh, I know. <laughs> Sorry, no, you haven't. <laughs> I, I know. The arrow writers have failed this city. Everybody has failed this city. We failed this city. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Do you need the link to the show notes? I got them. Oh, yeah, you're in here. Say, yep. you're not like that. <laughs> <laughs> Zay just likes to throw his away. Hell yeah, I, just, I, I see stuff that says, oh, Ranger Command show notes. I don't need this trash. <laughs> That's how much the show means to Zach. <laughs> oh, I get it. Zach. Zach. I can't help it. You know, I'm distracted by all things Winona Earp lately. And now on Ranger Command Power Hour. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Ranger Command Power Hour. Today on the Power Hour, Extra Episode 16, Rangers Review Even More Episodes, Power Rangers Dino Supercharge Episodes 6 through 8, recorded on April 27th, 2016. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four Eyed Radio Network. It's time to Ranger Up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. I'm AP, also known as Secret Ranger Fan. And I'm Zach, also known as the Cinema Slob. This extra episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Hey, guys. Hey! Hey! What's up? It's been a crazy month full of a whole bunch of episodes that I've had to edit, so... We're going to end on a strong one, and then next month we're actually going to do something a little bit different for the whole month. We're still going to release three episodes, Mm -hmm. but we will be doing episode commentaries. So one episode, AP's going to pick one, Zach's going to pick one, and then for the extra episode that month, I'm doing probably one of Power Rangers' more infamous episodes. (laughs) That'll be fun. We're going to get into the news a little bit. First, since we last talked about Power Morphicon, they have added a whole bunch of new guests. So it seems like every week they're announcing more and more guests. So since the last time we talked about this, here are some that have been added to the roster. Carla Perez Camarillo, who played Rita. Jason Yabara, who was the U.S. actor for Babu. Kevin Kleinberg, Trip from Time Force. Vernon Wells, Rancic from Time Force, Philip Andrew, Merrick from Power Rangers Wild Force, Alex Hartman, Jaden from Power Rangers Samurai, Valerie Landon, Kendricks from Power Rangers Lost Galaxy, Michael Copon, Lucas from Time Force, Jack Guzman, Denny from Wild Force, 
Anne-Marie Couch, Princess Shayla. This is actually her first ever convention. Yeah. Sierra Hanna, Gia from Megaforce, Pita Marie Rickson, who was actually the suit actor for the movie version of Alpha 5, and this will be her first U.S. appearance. Kareem Prince, who played Sestro, the blue alien ranger. Kate Sheldon Nadira from Time Force. Allison Kipperman Sullivan, Taylor from Wild Force. Ari Boyland, Finn from RPM. Steven Schuyler Antonio from Samurai. And Christina Masterson, Emma from Megaforce. Pretty good lineup. Yeah. Really good lineup it's, so far. I tell you, man, that the rate they're adding guests, it's going to be insane. I'm really going to have to pick and choose <laughs> anyone that I want to get autographs from. But no, it's going to be packed. I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time. Definitely. On our last episode, we talked about the movie Rita being revealed yes. in her full suit, yes. which is amazing. And then this week, a ton of set pictures. And we're not just talking police cars. We actually have Elizabeth Banks in her full Rita costume on the streets of Vancouver. We finally got to see the whole suit. So we got to see the bottom half. She's got (laughs) crazy shoes. It's an awesome costume. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And we saw her staff. For the first time. Yes, and it actually has the crescent shape, and it looks like a more deadly version of Rita's staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And there was this weird gray rock-looking thing at the end of it. I'm wondering if that's like supposed to represent clay, like maybe like putty clay. Maybe. And that she can form them with her staff or whatever. But yeah, a ton of set pictures. A lot of civilians running away from Rita in the streets of Angel Grove, which looks amazing. They're already doing some blue screenshots. It looks like she might fly around or do something crazy midair. Every picture I see that's on this movie set, I just get more jazzed for the movie. Yeah. I'm just glad that we, um, like, I know a couple other people have mentioned this before, but Mm. just the whole full suit and the reveal of the staff and just kind of seeing Rita in action, it makes me like it like a heck of a lot more. Like Not even that I hated it before, but it just reassures me. Mm -hmm. And then also it's good to see more active villain. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons I like the first Power Rangers movie so much with Ivan Ooze, because he did stuff. He was interacting with the citizens of Angel Grove. He faced the Rangers not in like a battle situation, but he interacted with them face to face, which... Mm -hmm was cool, and there was humor in that. I don't know how much humor we're going to get from Rita, because (laughs) she just looks bad Elizabeth Banks is emoting, and she looks evil. There was one shot of her screaming with her arms up, and I'm like, holy crap, that looks terrifying. Yeah. I think it's going to be awesome. I really Mm do. There's some rumors that Bulk and Skull may not be in the movie. I don't have any problem with that. To me, I'd rather focus on the Rangers and develop their personalities. Mm -hmm. But, God, I mean, I was going in some Facebook comments this evening, and people are just, like, swearing off the movie. Oh, no Bulk and Skull in this? Ugh, too many changes. I'm out. What? yeah, I, I've literally seen people that were like, oh, no Bogan Skull? I'm not seeing this piece I of I mean, crap. like, they were part like, of the, really? they were, like, part of the original cast, but it's not like they were significant characters. They weren't even Rangers. No, yeah. they were just there for, like, filler scenes and childish comic relief. 
I never get that attitude. I'm never one to see a spoiler for a movie. And if I don't like it, be like, well, I'm never seeing that ever. No. F it. We have no idea what this film is going to do. And they're just now in the process of shooting it. You might see something on the set or hear a rumor that you might not like, but calm down, wait till March 2017 and just enjoy it. Or like, wait till we get some actual footage, you know? Or a trailer. Or something, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah, something other than faraway shots of people filming them filming. You know, yeah. right now, I hope they keep up this stream of news. I would love to see the suits, but honestly, I don't think we're going to get that till San Diego Comic-Con. Probably. But, yeah, I think that's a yeah, viable probably. time for or them. Maybe even like, or maybe even like Power Morphicon. Maybe they're saving the big old reveal for like the super fans. You know, maybe. I mean, that's that would be cool. I don't I don't think nuts. I don't think it would happen. <laughs> It's too, like, mainstream of a thing, like the Power Ranger suits, for them to, like, hold it back, I think. But it's just a thought. It would be nice if maybe instead we got a trailer at Morphicon? That would be cool. Some kind of of footage. Like an exclusive thing? Yeah. Maybe they'll be at Morphicon. That'd That'd be be pretty cool. Either way, I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, now we are going to move on to our main topic. We are going to review the last episodes of Dino Supercharge right before the hiatus, which we are currently in the middle of. (laughs) So first is episode six, Forged Under Fire. The synopsis is Tyler looks forward to catching up with his dad after not seeing him for the past 10 years. When Tyler's Energem becomes cracked, he is forced to mend it by placing it in hot lava. (laughs) <laughs> and prove to his dad he's not a kid anymore. <laughs> Hot lava. Meanwhile, Singe begins his next plot that involves using Hunter for bait. So the episode starts out with, I think, kind of a cool scene with Tyler and James. They're helmetless in their suits, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And they're uh, planning for their next adventures, including uh, climbing Mount Whitney and skydiving and then they, there's a cool shot of them leaving on their uh, dino cycles, which I thought was pretty cool. Then we move on to uh, the enemy ship where Singe is talking about his newest weapon, the Zotac rings, which have the ability to neutralize the power of anything they surround, including the Energems. Fury just says, why don't we steal them rather than neutralize them? And Heckle criticizes his attitude, claiming he needs some anger management, and he wants results. So Heckle warns Singe to get him the Energems or he'll neutralize them. Then James is back at the base with Tyler, meeting the other Rangers. He's pretty skeptical about Coda, Ivan, and Philip's backgrounds until Kendall makes it clear that what he is hearing is very real. I actually like this scene a lot because <laughs> he thinks that Ivan's sword is like a forgery or, or like a replica. <laughs> and he's like, no, uh, King Philip gave this to me himself. Philip is there. Big surprise. Mm-hmm. I mean, where the hell have you been? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, he's, he's at the base. So Shelby mentions that despite their ages, it's also happened to James since he stayed 10 years young, Mm -hmm. essentially, from 10 years ago. Chase even comments that they look more like brothers than father than son, 
Kendall takes the time to, now that everyone is gathered, she uses the graphite and aqua energems to transmute into the T-Rex supercharger. James gives his backstory on how he was able to survive the cave-in. Uh, he rescued Rusty and why he was absent for so long. Being stalked by Fury even after escaping the cave, James felt it would not be safe to return to his family. He apologizes to Tyler, who instantly forgives him. Then they detect alien biosigns and head out to battle, but because of Sentai footage, uh, Philip and James are forced to stay behind because their Energems are still being transmuted. So we get this whole plot with Hunter being bait to lure the rangers out in the open. Singe is going to use the Zotac rings, but Fury interrupts Singe's plan, and he actually uses the Magna Beam on himself, but that pisses off Singe, and Singe places some Zotac rings on Fury, uh, <laughs> one on each horn, uh, to prevent him from further interfering. So there's this big Zord battle, but when Tyler is battling Hunter, Singe actually places one of the Zotac rings while he is in supercharge mode. So once his power is sapped, Fury is also defeated for Sword Treat. Then Singe draws the Rangers into an enclosed space and makes all six Energems inert. To the rescue comes Aqua and Graphite Rangers in a cool bit of original footage. And they make their escape. When they're back at the base, Kendall analyzes the Zotac rings and she tries to use her equipment to destroy it around Tyler's red Energem, but then it causes it to crack. Keeper advises that Tyler morphing with a cracked Energem is risky and they must find a way to fix his powers or they are compromised forever. They figure out that by dipping it in lava, they might be able to fix the Energem. And then James recalls Samson Caves which we saw in the first episode of Dino Charge. That's the same caves that Tyler found his Energem at. I thought it was cool that they used the same effect shot of the fire and the lava calling back to the first episode of the show. Mm -hmm. But they're risking their lives. The tunnel starts collapsing. So they have to go deeper into the cave. Tyler uses Dino X armor because now he has that ability. The tunnel collapses behind Tyler, and a panicked James contacts Kendall, who assures him that Tyler's suit will protect him, and then the aliens are approaching their location. So, since all the other rangers are disabled, Kendall and Philip leave, telling them it's too risky to fight without their energems. So, we get this really cool sequence with Kendall and Philip and James kicking butt, and then finally, Tyler fixes the energem, and... They're able to destroy Singe's controlling device, freeing the other Energems, and destroying the Zotac rings. Then we get this whole long sequence of Tyler using his new ability with the supercharge mode to use weapons from the other Rangers. So he uses Tristego, Trianclo, Anklopaki, and the Pararaptor formations to defeat Singe and his minions. So, back at the ship, Singe and Fury have yet another argument and wield their swords to fight one another, but Heckle just takes their weapons away and locks them both in the same cell, explaining that the heroes love the infighting among them and it makes their work easier. So, the only way they will ever be able to defeat the Rangers is by working together. Heckle just leaves them in their little prison cell. <laughs> Finally, back at the base, Tyler retells their latest near-death experience to the other rangers. He even took one of his selfies in his ranger mode <laughs> next to the lava. 
We wrap up the episode by James saying that he's been talking to Keeper and that with his geology skills should be put to better use and that he is departing to find the Silver Energem, which is their main priority now. Father and son say farewell to one another and take one last picture together before parting ways once again. What did you guys think of this episode? Did you watch the episode? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The problem, of course, with being in a hiatus is all these episodes were so long ago that any emotion we had in the moment is now just gone. And it's just like, yeah, that was an episode. (laughs) At least that's the way it is for me. Hey, Pete, did you watch them? Did you catch them? Sorry, I was muted. Apparently I was muted for the past minute. Anyway, well, yeah, I did watch the episode for once. And... (laughs) (laughs) I I remember really liking the scene where um, Kendall and Philip and James all fought the monster on their own. I was like super jazzed at that scene. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. But the whole Tyler and his dad thing. Yeah. Part. I still don't know what to think about all that. It felt resolved way too quickly, and I get that it's kids' show, whatever, but still, it felt resolved too quickly. This whole supercharge half of the season feels way off from the regular Dino Charge half. Yeah, Dino Supercharge, this first half of the season, and technically we are halfway into it. I mean, we go up to episode eight, but still, when more than a third of your second season is not off to a great start... It really worries me because when you put all of these together as one big 40 episode season, this is like a really weak middle point. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because I felt that Dino Charge had such a great momentum from the first episode to the last. And it feels like we just derailed that because it's all about Tyler's dad. And the payoff isn't that great. No. I have a question. Yeah. What is it with fathers and just being like, hey, son, you finally found me. Well, goodbye. It happened in this. It happened in the flash. Ranger dads are bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except Shelby's dad, because he's freaking awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I think Tyler should be more mad at his dad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any normal person be like, what the f***, dad? You were gone for 10 years. And here's the thing. Don't tell me that he's been running away from Fury this entire time. Because the only time Fury mentioned Tyler's dad was like, oh yeah, I remember that guy to Tyler. Mm -hmm. I remember defeating him easily. That was it. We never got an explanation from Fury. And it's not like we saw Fury constantly hounding a mysterious ranger last season. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I felt that that buildup could have been handled a lot better. Like maybe do some buildup during the first season of Dino Charge. Have Fury go off to battle a mysterious seventh ranger or something. Like, ooh, what's going on? But no, we didn't even get all that. It's just like, oh yeah, I've been gone for 10 years. I kind of abandoned you, son. Whatever, but I'm back. Yeah. And I think Tyler is just, like, I get it. Tyler is happy-go-lucky. He's a very positive individual. But this is almost the realm of, like, insanity. Oh, yeah, Dad, we're going to go skydiving, climb Mount Whitney, and we're going to do all this catching up and play baseball over the past 10 years. But I'd be like, you couldn't call once. There's a thing called letter. You had Rusty troll me. To me, it's just, it doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense to me that Tyler just accepted it. Yeah. It's so weird. 
Anyways, um, I had a couple other gripes about this episode, like when Tyler was using his supercharge mode, and yet Rexy was being used in the Megazord formation, so it's weird. Rexy was in two places at once. We did get a Kyruja reference um, in the episode uh, Singe called Tyler a walking carnival, which, if you know Kyruja, Cure Red had carnival mode. That's what T-Rex Supercharge was. Also, when Tyler fought Singe, he said more phenomenal at one point, uh, which was a callback to Mighty Morphin. I thought that was cool. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's been a while since we've heard more phenomenal. Subtle references like that are awesome. I think the whole Tyler dad thing is really killing the show. At least this episode, because even when his dad was like, okay, it's been great connecting, but now I got to go because of Keeper, Tyler just accepted it too quickly, I think. I definitely had mixed feelings about this episode, but like you said, AP, I was very glad to see the auxiliary rangers get some real focus in this. And not only morph, they did some unmorphed, which was awesome. Yeah. And Kendall getting to do something other than sit in that face <laughs> is always a great thing. I was so. starting to forget she was actually a ranger. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Home Run Coda, Kendall creates a new victory charger that requires the five core energems. But when Riley becomes Coda's coach on the Amber Beach Earthquakes baseball team, he has a hard time pulling himself away from the game to help the other rangers. So they're just out in the open field playing some games, introducing Ivan and Coda to modern forms of sport. Fury overhears their activities from behind the bushes and claims to have the perfect monster to spoil their fun. Soon afterwards, the Rangers are trying to see what sort of sport fits Coda best. There's kind of a funny montage, such as striking a tennis ball so hard that the racket is ruined entirely. He hits a golf ball right through the cup of a baseball coach, and he also drags the five other Rangers when they're doing rugby, which I assume was uh, Chase's idea. (laughs) Just then, Game Face ambushes the Rangers, but Coda manages to drive him and his Doom Squad off by unwittingly using the outlaw's own explosive bat, to which the coach of the baseball team approaches and offers Coda a chance to play in the big leagues, to which Riley convinces him to accept. Heckle thinks Game Face is a pretty good monster to use to help destroy the Rangers. Coda goes to his first game. Riley is his coach. The game is a success, and Coda hits consistent home runs. In the meantime, because Game Face was defeated in the last battle, he actually starts training the Vivix. So the monster has his own training session to get them into fighting shape, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, that's always a funny situation when they do that. Then Kendall introduces her new invention, the Dino Victory Charger, which requires red, black, blue, green, and pink Energem to be used. But they can't test it yet because Riley is too busy with his schedule with Coda's training. They finish another game. Uh, We get some cool montages of this game. But Coda just isn't happy. He's not as happy as he should be. Riley notices it and they head back to the base. But before they arrive, alien biosigns are detected all around Amber Beach. Even with the seriousness of the situation, Riley still puts the game ahead of the Rangers' own needs, much to the chagrin of the others. 
However, he points out that they can still can call them if they need backup, which they kind of agree, but they're pretty disappointed in Riley. Upon further investigation, it leads them to the training site of Game Face, and they actually eavesdrop on Game Face and Wrench. And the monster realizes that his bat is not working, and Wrench breaks it and says that, hey, this isn't your bat. Coda must have picked it up. So this whole time, Coda has been using the monster's explosive bat, which is making him this huge home run champ. But Riley explains to Coda that he wanted him to play because that's Riley's dream to be in the big leagues. But he never had the power that Coda has, no matter how much he trained. Coda reminds him they are part of a different team now, and his greatest ability is as a ranger. Riley then thanks Coda for reminding him of what is truly important, and they head out away from the game to meet the others. There's a huge battle. After the battle, Heckle orders the entire team to grow giant. He uses the Magna Beam multiple times, and now it's the entire squad uh, with Game Face. So it takes all three Megazords, including Shelby and Coda controlling the Dino Charge, Megazord Tri-Stego formation, Riley, Chase, and Ivan at the Terra Charge Megazord Pararaptor formation, and Tyler and Kendall in the Plesio Charge Megazord Ankleo formation. There's this huge battle, but they finally use the Galactic Blast to finish Game Face off. The final scene is back at the stadium. The game is tied up, and it's up to Coda to win for his team, the Amber Beach Earthquakes, with a home run. He misses the first two strikes, and for the third, he takes his shoes off and positions himself in his caveman stance. When his final chance comes, he hits a home run out of the park just with his right hand, and they win the championship. Overall, I thought this was a fun episode, but like most of the Riley episodes, I think the Riley parts just fall flat. To me, Riley is this logical person who loves baseball and all these other things and training, and it just seems like his character is all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, agree with that. I didn't see this episode, actually, but um, okay. I think I get what you're saying. He doesn't really have his own development. It's more like all about like these little things that he likes to do. Mm. It's like he doesn't right. really have a personality almost. Which is kind of disappointing because it seems like all the other Rangers have had their personalities pretty clearly defined. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like Riley has become kind of like the dumping ground for some of these episodes. He's just kind of like the writers are piling onto him all these characteristics that it almost makes him like a jack of trades, but master of none. He's like the human filler episode. (laughs) Pretty much. he is. (laughs) Yeah. He's super logical, but at the same time, he's got this really competitive side which I think they could write better because it just seems out of character, at least the character that I think Riley should be, which if he was really as logical as he says he is, I think he would put the team before his own personal goals, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, this episode really sort of just made him seem like a weird off character. Like, I'm selfish and I want this because it's my dream, so I'm pushing you to do it. And it's like, but... 
Riley has shown no kind of trait like that in the past. We have seen Riley be competitive before. I mean, we saw that with that bully episode, you know, with with the marathon, Mm -hmm. which was another thing. It's like, okay, I didn't know you were this runner in high school, Mm -hmm. but we've seen him be competitive like that, but not at the expense of the team. Even with that bully episode, Riley was the one who figured out the monster's plan and helped everyone. And I feel like this episode was the reverse of that. It was like everyone else knew, hey, we got to defeat this monster. But he's like, oh, no, no, no. Coda and this baseball thing is way more important. (laughs) I appreciate the fact that this episode was fairly different from some of the ones we got. I mean, they used location shots. They used stock footage of baseball stadiums. The episode felt bigger than a normal episode. It's just, I think the thing that weighed it down was Riley. Yeah. Like you said at the top, it was a good episode with a fairly large negative aspect. So, yeah. So a couple tidbits, there was a little montage that showed some different sports covers from magazines on one of the magazine covers. It mentions Peter Sidarso, which is Yoshi's real brother. And on another magazine cover, there's the name Iris Hampton, who we all know is the casting director for Power Rangers. Cool little Easter eggs there. And then once again, the villains doing the training montage with the foot soldiers calls back to Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the Mighty Morphin Mutants, where the monster trains the foot soldiers uh, to best the Rangers, which it was football. Yeah. Yeah, it was that squad of putties with the football, which was funny. I was like really laughing at those whenever they did show the Vivex training and like running up the hill and they had like boulders strapped to their back. <laughs> I legitimately laugh because it's a funny image to see them rolling down the hill and get beat up and game face. I really like game faces design. Yeah. I don't have his action figure yet, but um, <laughs> finally we'll move on to episode eight riches and rags. When Ivan mistakes a thousand year old suit of armor as a training dummy, he finds himself in debt after destroying it. Heckle sends in a hybrid monster named Spell Digger, which is a combination of Spellbinder and Gold Digger, to spread greed to anyone who touches his gold coins. The episode opens up with two delivery guys delivering this large box in the museum. Ivan thinks it's his new training dummy, and he's the one to sign it. Uh, he does so digitally, much to his astonishment. It's funny because Ivan whipped out a big, like, <laughs> feather quill. Now, one uh, of your taps have an ink quill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, uh, no, just sign this. And the delivery guy just, like, pushed Ivan's <laughs> yeah. finger to make an X just so they could get out of there. <laughs> then back on the ship, Fury enacts a new plan to combine Spellbinder's magic pendant with Gold Digger's coins to create a new hybrid monster called Spell Digger, who has cursed coins designed to make anyone who touches them instantly greedy. Singe is quick to ask what's so great about greed, to which Spell Digger responds greed knows no bounds, and that the Rangers will be at each other's throats once they get a hold of his coins. Heckle is jazzed and immediately approves the plan. He also considers they may need some extra firepower and gives Fury 
both of Singe's weapons and leaves. And Spelldigger mocks Singe by saying he's been burned, much to Singe's <laughs> irritation, since he now realizes everyone else on the ship sees him as untrustworthy. Back in the museum, Kendall's talking on the phone, saying, hey, I, I don't know where it is. We need to find it. Coda is actually the one to bring in the newest delivery, which is Ivan's actual training dummy. <laughs> To which Kendall panics and realizes that the royal suit loaned to the museum is now in tatters due to Ivan's swordsmanship. It was a valuable antique, which is even older than him. She's forced to call the owner to explain what happened and anticipates the worst. Meanwhile, at the Dinobite Cafe, someone complains about having to pay $6 for a burger and this is some kind of cheapskate. It was kind of, that scene was kind of weird. But instead of paying the bill with regular money, he pays with these gold coins that he found. And he said that this guy was giving them away across the street. But when Tyler and Chase touch them, they instantly become greedy and head out of the Dinobite Cafe to investigate. Shortly afterwards, Mr. Smith and his assistant, Miss Sandra, arrive at the Amber Beach Dinosaur Museum and talk with Kendall. He is shocked by the state in which the now shredded royal suit is and comments it's worth over $2 million, much to Ivan's surprise because he's like, it's not even a very good suit of armor. <laughs> Kendall's just, oh my God, she's, shut she's up. She's palming the entire time and it's awesome. Yeah, which is... Which is hilarious. <laughs> Mr. Smith informs them that if they can't pay them back and fast, he'll just take the museum from them to get even the value of the royal suit. Shelby comes along and asks how it went, only to meet with Kendall's answer that she now needs to find a way to save the museum. Just to get Ivan out of her sight, she tells him to go find Chase and Tyler, and he says that he's never let her down, only for her to look at the suit, and then he admits, okay, maybe once. <laughs> <laughs> then Heckle is distributing gold coins to the citizens of Amber Beach. Chase and Tyler see him, and they follow Heckle to see what he's up to. But then there's this fake conversation that Heckle's having with Spelldigger saying for Spelldigger to act naturally. Yeah, go get more coins. I'm like, oh yeah, at the secret place, you know, to make Tyler and Chase go along with him. Heckle tells Fury to go after them. Ivan tracks him down and finds them, but he's confused as to why they're not listening to him. Uh, he tries to follow Chase and Tyler, who are busy picking up all these gold coins that have been left in this trail. But Fury gets in his way, so Ivan morphs, saying they have an old score to settle. Rexy flies in and starts talking with Ivan in Rexy speak, I guess. <laughs> now I guess everyone can understand Rexy. <laughs> But it's, it's mini Rexy. Tyler and Chase followed him, and now they morph to fight with Ivan. When they morph, the effects of the coins are reduced, but they're still there after they demorph. Ivan considers using the cursed coins to pay for his debt, but then declines, saying a knight would never do such a dishonorable thing, and knows what he must do now. Back at the ship, Heckle questions Fury as to why he did not take the Energems when the Rangers were enticed by Spelldigger, but Fury says that the Gold Ranger ruins everything. Wrench enters and says he might have a solution to the problem. He turns the magic pendant into a magic portal with the intent of trapping the Rangers within and the Energems along with them. Heckle warns Spelldigger if he messes this up, he will not be safe either from him, and then leaves. Spelldigger is pretty terrified and says that he's got to stay on his good side, only for Wrench to remind him that he has no good side. 
Then Ivan goes to a bank. <laughs> this bit is my favorite bit of the episode. Yeah. Ivan goes to this bank because he says that he has a gold bar that he deposited eight centuries ago. <laughs> the bank teller thinks he's nuts. She even says, well, if he's an Ivzandar, then she's the queen of England. <laughs> she asked for his account number, but Ivan doesn't have one. So she asked for something with his name on it, like a form of ID. But then he draws his sword and points to his name on the sword. But she thinks he's trying to rob the bank. <laughs> so she sets off the bank alarm and then he leaves. He then goes back to the museum. But Mr. Smith and Miss Sandra are already talking to people at the museum about the changes that they are going to make to the museum, such as a pool. Ivan tries his best to change Mr. Smith's mind, offering his sword and protection, which to him are worth more than money, but he's turned down. And Miss Sandra serves as Mr. Smith's bodyguard, and Mr. Smith tells him to either pay up or get out of his way. Miss Sandra kind of threatens Ivan with her claws. Oh. She's got like these super long fingernails, and she just goes, ha! Ah! And it's kind of like, what the hell? <laughs> so... They're back at the base. They're trying to find a way to pay for the debt by selling the fossils off. So they're calculating the value. Chase and Tyler finally arrive, but they're caught red-handed because all the coins spill out of their pockets. Kendall senses something's wrong. She sees their attitude and says, hey, don't touch those. She analyzes one and finds out it's using spell digger's magic, which causes instant greed. Then Kendall tells them that they're still short of money. Out of desperation, they have to resort to pay with the golden coins, which will most likely become curse-free once Spelldigger is defeated, which they have to deal with anyway. They split up because the coins are now two paths. Riley, Shelby, and Chase, and then Tyler, Ivan, and Coda, they all use their super modes to defeat the monster, and they actually break his pendant. It was a cool fight because Spelldigger was using the portal that Wrench cooked up for him. And it was like one of those like black hole type of portals. It was pretty cool because Tyler used his final strike by using the momentum of the portal to suck him in. So I thought that was pretty cool. Megazord fight, blah, blah, blah. They defeat him, but the gold coins actually disappear. So now they have no way to pay back and... Kendall is now facing the possibility that she has to sell the whole museum. Back at the ship, after everything is destroyed, Fury is talking to himself, and he knows that Spelldigger was useless and that Heckle will now destroy him. But he overhears Singe talking to someone else in his cell. After hearing enough of the conversation, he points Singe's own blaster at him and demands to know who he's talking to. Singe makes up some quick lie that he was talking to his sweet old grandmother uh, that loves to hear about his adventures. But Fury's suspicious because he was calling someone that he referred to as Sir. And he states that while he may fool Heckle, he does not fool Fury. Finally, Mr. Smith and Miss Sandra have come to claim payment. Ivan asks him to be generous, but the rich man is having none of it and demands money. Philip, to the rescue! Philip shows up! <laughs> And says that he shall have his money. He informs the others that over 800 years, the value of Ivan's gold has increased to just over $2 million with interest. Just enough to settle the debt. And he hands the check to the Ivan, who in turn hands it to Mr. Smith. 
And he's puzzled as to why Ivan would do that since saying he could be rich otherwise. But Ivan explains that the museum's loss would weaken the community. When he's asked if he would be that generous to do such an act and get nothing in return, he answers that honesty has its own rewards. Both impressed and inspired, Mr. Smith acknowledges it and turns to leave, but changes his mind and comes back, returning the check. And then there's this funny back and forth (laughs) cutaway that Ivan and and Mr. Smith are forcing the check (laughs) on each other. And then Mr. Smith hands the check to Sandra and orders her to give him his money back. And she's chasing him throughout the cafe with the check in her mouth and claws out. It was a cute way to end the episode. Overall, I was actually happy with this episode. It was really funny. It was kind of a nice break from what we got in the past. We're over the drama of Tyler's dad. This was a nice filler episode. I really liked that it gave Ivan focus. And Davi Santos nailed everything about Ivan. I love Ivan's comedic timing, his mannerisms. I think this was a great focus episode for Ivan. It was hilarious. And now we're starting to get a little bit more advancement of the plot with the villains. And that Singe has this mysterious other villain that he's talking to. So it's obviously setting up for the later half of the season. But overall, I thought this was a great filler episode. I just don't think it was the best to leave on a hiatus with. What do you guys think? I know AP, you haven't seen it, but no. yeah, that- I'm I'm with you on that, Eric. Uh, it was a it was a good enough episode to be some nice comedic filler or break after all the drama with Tyler's dad and all that. But leaving it as the finale for the summer is kind of weak. But yeah, this episode, like you said, had a ton of great Ivan moments where we got to just see more of Ivan struggling with, do I do the easy thing or do I do the right Right. thing? And again, the comedy moments, the bit in the bank is still one of the funniest things where he's just like, "Uh, something with my name on it. Yes, here's a sword. It was given to me by... The bank teller just King freaking George. out, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it was a good episode. I'm interested to see where we go with the villains after this, of course, like you said. To me, I think right now the villains are really sustaining this show. Mm-hmm. I still really like Heckle. I like the rivalry that Fury and Singe have. I love Singe as a villain. I love how cool and calculating he is. I think it was kind of a slap that he got in this episode that Heckle took his weapons away from him and gave him the Fury, Mm -hmm. which really pissed him off. But kind of says something when I'm more interested in the villains than I am the Rangers. Overall, I thought it was good for Ivan. And if anyone thought that Mr. Smith was recognizable in some way, he was actually played by actor Paul Giddens, who played Master Finn from Jungle Fury. Take the beard off Master (laughs) Finn. And you got and, Mr. And give him a haircut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I thought I thought was cool. He played a completely different character. I didn't know it was him until it was pointed out on Ranger Board. And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> that's awesome. And Miss Sandra was actually played by Eve Gordon, who is the suit actor for Keeper. Hmm. Ironically enough, Keeper was not seen in this episode. <laughs> so Again, to me, it just leaves kind of like a blah feeling because that's how you're going into a five-month hiatus. <laughs> so it's, it's just kind of dun 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 Yeah. But I really hope that Dino Supercharge improves, especially for this last half. 
Because right now, all these filler episodes, it's not doing the show justice. Moving on to something that AP will be able to talk oh, about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we actually got some questions from our listeners. So we're going to do questions from Ranger Nation. If you want to ask us any questions, uh, you can do so at ask.fm slash rangercommandph. It's been a long time I think since last year that we've done one of these. Yeah, it's nice to have one of these again. Yeah, so we actually have three questions from three of our listeners. First, Doug, at Doug Watchin, our good friend Doug, he asked, if you could graduate any Power Ranger to mentor status for a new team, a la Dr. O, who would you choose, and what would the team slash season's theme be? Mm. Ooh, I know. Go, go for it. Justin... And the theme would be cars. <laughs> Justin is a mechanic. Okay. That's pretty good. He, so, he discover, it, it discovers is. something inside a car he's working on. And he's like, oh, shit, these are Ranger powers. And then he, like, finds these kids. <laughs> oh, shit, it's Ranger powers. <laughs> and then he makes a team and it's so, cars. <laughs> so, so more new car powers. Yep. <laughs> what if... What if they just use the Sentai uh, Turbo Ranger? <laughs> Not Car Ranger, but the older one. Yeah, or maybe, yeah. or maybe, I wasn't thinking about this, but this just reminded me. Maybe Justin could be like a train mechanic. Oh, snap! And- <laughs> Power Rangers Rail Rescue. With Justin. <laughs> Hell yeah. They can call him the conductor. Oh my god! He needs monkey puppet. <laughs> he would have a monkey puppet. <laughs> Zach, what, um, what about you? I like it, AP, because it finally gives Blake Foster a chance to do something to come back to the show and shut him up on social media. <laughs> I think for me, it'd be fun to have Jason Chan come back as Cam for, oh, for Ninja For Ninja Steel. Steel. Yeah. Maybe the Ninja Steel powers are like him going... Hey, you know, we had these Wind Ranger powers and these Thunder Ranger powers back in the day. And, you know, there could be other threats out there. I better prepare a new team. And he teaches a team, like, super secret ninjutsu that was not taught by either of the academies. I actually really like that. Could you imagine if they got him back for this show? pretty cool. Oh, man. I kind of want it to happen. (laughs) Headcanon accepted. (laughs) Um... You gotta dig out that sound bite now. Headcanon accepted. <laughs> God, who could who would I graduate to mentor status? Holy crap. I don't want to do SPD because whatever. <laughs> but who? But who? I wanna say bridge, but I mean that's bridge? such an obvious answer for but me. Like that's a good answer. Oh I my like God. that answer. Oh my god, that could be the what's it called? The latest Sentai. Bridge could be the mentor. He designed the suits <gasps> off of his because... animal crackers. Oh my god! <laughs> That's hilarious. And it would explain like the digitalness of the powers. Because, you know, Bridge is kind of techie. Mm-hmm. So he just combines his love of technology and animal crackers and makes Juoger. Yes. Oh my god, it's brilliant. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm going with it. I like that. Animal craggers. 
you slay me. Or he, or he like, or like went to the zoo one day and he's like, he gets this like weird epiphany. And then he goes and creates animal powers. Like, I but like Bridge, Bridge and Zooland would be like, no, oh, you know, that's cool. Our, our mentor was a dog. Yeah, exactly. It would not be phased at all. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We just figured out what they could do with all the seasons that they've got. If any, well, except Go Busters. If any, but, if any of you fan fiction writers want to take any of these ideas and write oh, a, and write a fan fiction them. season. Go right ahead. Yep. Uh, Next, uh, Sean at Snarky Sean, he asked, would you guys like another magic-centric Power Rangers season? Only if they could do another rap theme song. (laughs) (laughs) The Power Rangers, sick of the Power Rangers, sick of the Power Rangers. I was just thinking about this today, actually. I was like, you know, Ron Wasserman's themes were so much better. Yeah, they were. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like magic. Sure, we're on a magic theme season. I would also like another magic theme season. I don't know if we're ever going to get another one. Mystic Force was pretty unique, and to an extension, so was uh, Maji Ranger. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always open for bringing back old themes. Mystic Force was really the only like blandly magical, yeah, Power Rangers season, and it's. It's been over. It's well. It's been ten years, yeah, or nine years. Wasn't that so? Wasn't that during like the Harry Potter? Mm, oh yeah. yeah. Well, which is coming back, sort of. Yeah, I think we'd all be down with it, especially if we can get that uh, new rap song. Mm-hmm. No. Yep. Tying this back into Doug's question, who would be the mentor of this new magic season? It's. Do we take someone from Mystic Force? It's got to be Chip, right? Yeah. I would love for that to happen. Yes. And he's still in New Zealand, so for sure. Yeah. That'd actually be pretty be awesome. awesome. Finally, we have uh, <laughs> RJ at Anime Redneck 96. He asked, do you guys think PR should bring back the Zordon era style of connecting seasons and having Rangers replace each other. I personally would love it because it made the Rangers and villains feel more fleshed out because they were connected to more than one suit and season. Would I like for that to happen? Sure, I think that'd be awesome. But I don't think that would work in today's Nickelodeon climate. Yeah. Because even stretching out an actor, that's like four years with the same people, or some of the same people. I think the way that they're doing it now is the best way, because... (laughs) <laughs> the best way that they the can best, get away yeah, with. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, it's not the best way for the fans. No, God what... is is definitely not the best way for the fans. <laughs> it's the best they can do, which is sad. Under the circumstances. Yeah, um, Until the movie money rakes in, and then we can do whatever the f*** we want. Please, please let the movie have a positive influence. I can't wait for Ninja Super Steel. <sighs> <laughs> Super Ninja Steel, and it'll be a crossover with that Super Ninja show that they have. Oh my god. <laughs> AP, what are your thoughts on this? I've been thinking about it. I'm not sure what to think about this. It's like in the Zordon era, they were kind of forced to make things fit that way. Mm-hmm. So there was some creativity that came out of that. I mean, you went from dinosaurs to like a mystical Zeo gem 
to cars to space uh-huh. even though those all were all completely different themes they made it fit with the characters they have i don't think there's a group of actors today that could carry that type of momentum like they did in the past i'm not saying mpr's godlike quality or whatever but <laughs> That storyline, it just, it progressed naturally. And even though some people left despite contract disputes and this and that and money and blah, blah, blah. Look, necessity. The production made it work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Hey, we right. have this show we need to make on the cheap. So keep the same cast for as long as we can. Use right. the same suits for as long as we possibly can. And right. only change when it's absolutely necessary. But now... With the sort of budget they have, that kind of constant isn't required. Exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. would it have been cool to figure out a way to flow the dino charge powers somehow into ninja steel? Sure, but there's no need to do that. Right. Especially with the dino charge cast, they're all pretty talented. I think they want to move on past dino charge. Yeah, exactly. And get on with their careers. Especially Yoshi. I mean, come on. That that guy's going... He's going places. Yeah, he's going far. I think that's unfair to these young actors. Sure, make Power Rangers your springboard for your career, but I think it would be unfair to the actors to like hold them in that role, especially under the Nickelodeon two-year-per-season thing. Right. Really, that's them giving up four years of their lives to promote four different seasons. They've got better things to do. Well, finally, we will move on to our Ranger Nation answers question, where we asked, what will you be watching during the hiatus? (laughs) AP, what will you be watching? Uh, Winona Earp. Winona Earp. Oh, gosh, what else am I watching? The Family on ABC. Okay. Um, That show is insane. It's about the end, and it's honestly not looking good for renewal, but still... One of the best shows I've ever watched, like, ever. I can never guess what's coming next, practically. It's literally insane. And I recommend that to, like, everybody. Um, Yeah, and then Winona Earp on Sci-Fi. Gosh, where else am I watching? Oh, I'm actually watching that Criminal Minds Beyond Borders. Is that any good? I see it advertised all the time when I watch Survivor. I, I haven't watched, like, let me put it this way. I haven't watched the original Criminal Minds since, like, season six, and I think they're on, like, season 10 or 11 right now, because it just got, like, I couldn't stand it anymore. But I'm, <laughs> uh-huh. but I'm actually liking this. Like, it feels, oh, okay. it feels a little different, because they've got this whole aspect where the team travels around the globe, and they deal with different cultural type stuff, and... I'm doubting a lot of it's super accurate, but it's it's still like really interesting. Personally, I think it's a little less gruesome than Criminal Minds, but what else am I watching? I'm a little behind on it, but uh, Faking It on MTV. That show is hilarious. I need to catch up on Orphan Black, so I'm not sure if that counts. I know you recommend that highly, so I think I'll start that one. It's great. The cast is great. It's amazing what they do. Oh, I have to finish Daredevil season two. Oh yeah, you do. Uh, Zach, what about you? Um, gosh, you know, with the hiatus going on, a lot of shows are going on hiatus now. Uh, Supergirl's on hiatus, so right. it's like, man, I, I have a big void to fill. Winona Earp is awesome. I will watch that all summer long for sure. I still. How to- many episodes are they doing? Do you guys know of the first season? I think thirteen. 
Yeah, I think it's a standard half-season order for now. I gotta watch rest of Daredevil Season 2 at some point. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. At some point in the summer, uh, Big Brother will be back, so I'll be hooked on that. Really, gosh, there's not a lot. I didn't know. I didn't know you were a Big Brother. That fan. Re- that reminded me of another thing I'm watching on the hiatus. I'm sorry. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Unreal on Lifetime. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's not like a Lifetime. I know people hear Lifetime and they're like, Ugh. but no, <laughs> this is actually like extremely good. It's won like quite a few awards so far. And it's about this reality TV show producer who kind of had like a mental breakdown because working on the show was like making her go like insane. And then um, she comes back and then she has to like reintegrate herself into like the lifestyle and she kind of hates who it's making her become. And it's just amazing. And it sounds interesting. Like I, I think you guys would like it. Honestly, I don't think I hated a single episode of that show. Highly recommend that. TV for me usually doesn't happen in the summer. Like there's usually nothing right. good in the summertime. So like it'll probably be Winona Earp on Friday nights and then whatever nights they do Big Brother and then that's probably going to be it. I can't think of anything else. I really only watch CW and sci-fi. <laughs> so it's like with all my shows going off air for summer, it's like I got nothing going on. I'll be playing a lot of video games this summer, I think. Oh, for sure. For me, some stuff I've already watched. I've already watched Daredevil Season 2. I'm finishing out this season of uh, Survivor, uh, which has been a great season of Survivor so far. That's been fantastic. I finished Jessica Jones. I watched Daredevil Season 2. Both of those were amazing. I'm going to catch up on Winona Earp, based on your guys' suggestions. I'm going to catch up all the other shows I fell behind on during this season, since mainly I've just been concentrating on the uh, CW shows. I also binge-watched this past weekend season two of Catastrophe, uh, which is an Amazon Prime series. I don't know if you guys have Prime, but if you ever have a chance to check out Catastrophe, it's actually a super hilarious show. I think I'm with you, Zach. I think video games and maybe for me catching up on other shows that I've fallen behind on. Uh, So that's what I'll be doing. Oh, and I also plan on actually finally watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Yes. I just I just saw the Avengers for the first time like two days ago. And like I wasn't like super impressed by it, but it was like I enjoyed it. So did you watch all the movies leading up to it? Like, did you finish all of phase one? Um, no, that's why you didn't enjoy Avengers. as No, no, I did. I I enjoyed it. Like, I really did enjoy it. No, like, don't get me wrong. I loved it. It wasn't like the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And I have seen all the Iron Man movies. I did not like them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you're with team cap all the way <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> well speaking of the marvel cinematic universe i've watched all of them in theaters but i'm getting Teresa into them so over the past year we've been like slowly making our way through all the movies and last weekend we actually watched guardians of the galaxy which is one of my favorite nice. marvel movies and god she loved it she was laughing I can't wait for number two. And the uh, last night I found out that they're actually filming in a production studio that apparently was built in my old hometown before I moved here to uh, Illinois in Georgia. And they're literally like nine miles from where I used to live in Georgia. 
which is like that's pretty awesome blowing my yeah. mind and i'm like god damn it, i just want to move back to georgia <laughs> but anyways that's what we'll be watching during the hiatus let's find out what our listeners are going to be watching first on facebook mara greengrass said the kids and i will take the opportunity to catch up on ghost and juoger oh that's another thing I'm totally watching Juoja. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. It's great. That will keep, definitely keep me through the summer. She said, uh, we've also been slowly ma- making our way through Den-O uh, and Double and Tokyujer. So I hope we'll make some progress there. We'll still miss Dino Charge, though, which has been nothing but a delight. Those are some good choices. Yes. Yeah. Joshua Aaron Moore said, I'm working my way through Jew Ranger right now, and we'll follow that up with Die Ranger. I've got Kaku Ranger pre-ordered too, so that's in the pike. Am watching the new episodes of Arrow, The Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow as they arrive as well. Others that'll fill the void over the summer. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt season two, I've, which I finished watching. I have, it's awesome. I have to watch that too. I finished <laughs> it by Sunday. I just marathoned it. Daredevil season two, House of Cards season four, Girl Meets World season two, and the remaining episodes of this season's Survivor. Steven Martinez says, Kaku Ranger, once it comes out, as well as a case of movies I have bought but haven't had time to watch. I love movies. Yeah, movies are good. <laughs> oh, yeah, last night I watched Hot Tub Time Machine, too. Nice. Ew. It sucks. Yeah, it's that awful. sucks. It's awful. Well, I feel awkward now. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the first, I loved the first one, but yeah. the second one was just crap. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Zach. I need to go back and rewatch it, but I like I remember <laughs> liking it. I like Adam Scott in it. Oh, Adam Scott was funny, but uh, I don't know. It was just crap. Yeah. Moving on to Twitter, RJ Sills, Uchahabro77, and AMA Redneck96 once again. Uh, he said, not Arrow. I'll be catching up on Dino Charge and Supercharge. Also watching all of the DC animated films I can find. Which are all amazing. Yeah. Did you see the trailer for Killing Joke? <laughs> yeah, I it's did. awesome looking. I can't wait. Pocky Squirrel at Pocky Squirrel said more Toku, Natch, Ultraman, Mebus, Me- Mebus, Kim, Common Rider, <laughs> Ryuki, and I have Mystic Knights DVDs from PR Media Info that need watching. I'm actually surprised that you pronounce Ryuki right. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just surprised she got fumbled up on the common writer part. How did I, I know how to say that? Came in like, no, wait, that's not right. I actually know how to say that one too. <laughs> Engine Carry Gator at Carry Klein says OG Ultraman and Transformers Energon. Also Wild Force and Kaku Ranger if I can pick them up. Pick them up from Shout Factory, folks. Yep. And do it on our website. website. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fies at Ginger Green said, planning on finishing all of the Heisei Common Rider. Eight more series to go until I'm done. Well, good luck with that. That's a, that's a slow. That's a haul. I don't want to call it slow yeah, because there's a lot of good series in there, but it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, Solomon D at Sallyman underscore D said, older PR seasons, Bates Motel, Young Justice. Yes. Um, and I think I'll give Catastrophe a chance. Yeah, based on my recommendation. Woo-woo. <laughs> I actually just started Young Justice. It's amazing. It's, um, I'm pretty hyped for it. It's pretty nice. I hope they make that other season. Yeah. That'd be cool. I mean, I need to give that a watch. Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. <laughs> if you like the DC animated films, 
Yeah, Young Justice is awesome. Sweet. Sentai 5 Amazons at Sentai 5 says, All of Flash Season 2, so hyped for it. Also, Go Ranger. I'm halfway done with it, and for a 70s show, it's pretty good. His username reminds me, I gotta start watching Kamen Rider Amazon. I have the first three episodes downloaded, I haven't watched it yet. I'm kind of waiting until I have less of a background. <laughs> John at Tyranojohn said, Juoger and the CWDC shows. Okay, I don't, I don't think I have to warn anyone about that. Um, <laughs> if you've been following my Twitter feed, you, you know where the series goes after a certain <laughs> um, Christopher Evans at Chris Evans 17 said, uh, Juoger, Dragon Ball Super, and a lot of Netflix. Unless Gilmore Girls is on, then always watch Gilmore Girls. Lord of Time at Titanium Tigress says, The seasons that I've started but never finished, which would be MMPR, Zeo, and Lord Give Me Strength, Turbo's first half. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to need it. Uh, Scott S. at Digiranger1994 said, There's the rest of the regular network primetime season, while summer is good for cable. I also have Netflix's library, which is massive. Yeah. So good luck with that. Darren Moser at Dr. Sci-Fi said, just started through the complete 1966 Batman. Quote. Do it. Hiatus. Hashtag holy donut hole, Batman. That's awesome. (laughs) Ryan Cox at Ryan Cox 20 says the blacklist also doing a rewatch of the 2003 Battlestar Galactica series. Jennifer Sheba at purple Sam Ranger said, I'm trying to catch up on all of the power Rangers dino charge episodes because I haven't seen any of them since my cable provider removed Nickelodeon from my package deal with them. Well, that sucks. Yeah. And get a new cable provider. (laughs) It's not really a priority. I mean, Dino Charge isn't that great way out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Tommy Brevard Jr. at Kid Flash DBN said watching Juoger and Common Rider and other Toku. Michael Bodner at K Pop Lifer says Fear the Walking Dead and Zoo. Joshua Perry at Rider Ranger 335 said I am watching Flash and Arrow for the first time. Be prepared. <laughs> Stop after season three of Arrow. (laughs) And then only watch the episodes with Nyssa in them. (laughs) All very good advice. (laughs) Uh, Shane Leonard at Shane Alenko said, besides RPM for our podcast, iZombie and Jessica Jones. Watching those actually thanks to RPM also may start up the 100. Definitely start up the 100. Shout out to Shane. He does the Ranger Pride podcast. They're doing really good at consistently putting out episodes, so good for them. That does it for this episode of Ranger Command. Next month, for the month of May, we will be doing our episode commentaries, starting out with AP's pick of I don't know what, and uh, Zach's... (laughs) Get it to me by Friday. I will, I will. Oh, yeah, I should probably start thinking yep. of an episode, maybe. Well, AP's is episode 68. Zach, yours is episode 69. Giggity. Giggity. <laughs> so maybe choose an appropriate or inappropriate <laughs> episode of Power Rangers. 
And then I'm kind of saving mine as a surprise. May is our episode commentary month. If any major super internet breaking news does happen in the month of May, we will still report on it and we'll talk about it. We may even throw in an emergency ranger roundtable if, I don't know, like the movie suits get revealed or what other craziness might happen in May. I just thought of Decca Ranger's henshin roll call just there for some reason. Emergency! Ranger Roundtable! <laughs> <laughs> Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. You can find us on Twitter at rangercommandph, on Facebook and Instagram as rangercommandpowerhour, one word. And for all of us here at Ranger Command, watch other shows. <laughs> <laughs> During the hiatus. Watch my own herb. Yes. They need the ratings, and it's really good, so... Yeah. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at rangercommandph, and like us on facebook.com slash rangercommandpowerhour. This is Trekkie B47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour, and you are listening to the Four Eyed Radio Network. Ranger Command is now on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks. This has been another proud production of the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You want to see more shows? Go check out www.fouredradio.com, you winkers.